You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. And listen, I call Jeff Hunt the co-host of this podcast. I think this guy might be might also be the co-host of this podcast. <laughs> I think he might have the second most appearances on this show than anybody else. It's the one, the only, Jay Stevens. Jay, my guy, welcome back, dude. And how's it feel, Mr. Ohio State Buckeyes, number one team in the country? <laughs> welcome back, dude. Stu, I'm glad to be back. Didn't know I would be possibly the second guest um, that had the most uh, appearances on the show um, or the the guest that has the most appearances. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh, I, I didn't know I, I had that level with the show, man. I'm happy to be, be back here in Ohio State number one. I was shocked when it came out. I didn't expect it. I knew they'd be in the top four, but number one over Michigan and Georgia, that's a big, big, big statement right now. They got to win. They also have to get better, but they definitely have to keep winning to sustain and to hold that, no- that number one spot. Hey, we'll talk about it a little bit more here later on, but both of us are Colts fans. This is where I want to start. We're both Colts fans. And, you know, listen, you said you weren't so hot on this Colts team. And right right before we started recording, that's what you said. And I, it's different because I am. I'm, I'm high on this Colts team because here's where I'm at, Jay. Yeah. And you, we talked about this the last two years leading up to this season when Frank Reich had been our head coach, we had talked about how we just didn't think he was a very good head coach, how we didn't think, you know, I was tired of starting off one and four and then having to battle back to do all this type of stuff. I feel like for the first time, Jay, this team has fight and they fight a full game. This is not one of those games where you look at it and you say, Oh God, dude, like the first, if we were to put it together, the first two quarters, I think we'd be all right. We've shown, I think Shane Sykin has shown that he knows what he's doing. I think he's shown he has the capability to carry this team long-term. I think this is a team that's headed in the right direction. The ball hasn't bounced their way a couple of times. The ref actually takes the flag out of his pocket. We might be sitting with a different story as as far as our record goes. But, Jay, what's your thoughts so far on the Colts this season and, and kind of where they're at? We'll talk about some other positions because I think I think a position we both know is – very, very weak. It's been very, very weak for a long time. But so far, what's what's been your thoughts? You're right about that grit and the grind and the desire to play in the battle for all four quarters. We have not seen that for a long period of time. And ultimately, it's one thing Colts fans want. They want a team that fights, that believes, that is not just a, uh, a team that's a second-half team, but they really put all four quarters together. Now, you would want more wins than the Colts currently have right now. The quarterback situation definitely plays into the record at the end of the day. But it's been nice to see a team that is fighting, that is uh, playing, they're youthful, they're exciting to watch at times. What's not exciting is the losses. We don't like watching a team lose at all. So we want to believe in our team. I think a lot of Colts fans do believe in their team. But also those Colts fans that believe in their team, Stu, they want a team that not that not only they believe in, but also a team that's winning. Belief is one thing. 
got to put W's. It got to get wins at the end of the day. Haven't got them so far. Not a lot this year. That can change down the road. I definitely think, though, I know it's in the middle of the season. My gut tells me the Colts will be fine next year. Maybe. I'm not saying make the playoffs, but if they get a 500 record next year, because I don't think they're going to be 500 this year. If they get a 500 record next year, that's a step in the right direction. If they make the playoffs in year three under Shane Steichen, that's a step in the right direction. This team this year, I I want to believe in them. But, man, it's I some of these games I had to turn off, man, because it's just not fun to watch. I think they can win seven games this year. I I, I mean, they have two very winnable ones. So you think it, you think it's seven and ten? Yes, very, very much so. I, I didn't think that coming into the year. I thought we were going to win, like, maybe four games. But right, right. what I've seen so far, I mean, we play Carolina – we we have Carolina this week. I think we're going to win that one. Yeah. I don't think it, I. Quite frankly, I don't know if it'll even be close, but yeah. it might be. I think we can beat New England in Germany on November 11th. I think that's, that's overseas. I, I I thought that was no. That's in Germany. Oh, yeah, great. I think oh, at 9:15 in the morning on November, no, actually November 12th, not 11th, November 12th. Um. 9:15 in the morning in Germany. I think I think we can beat them, Jay. I think that's a team that has shown you they're dysfunctional. And that's something you don't say very often with a Bill Belichick led team. I think they have shown they're dysfunctional. I think that they've shown, you know, they necessarily don't have all the pieces there. I look at some of the other teams we got to play. I mean, the Titans are starting Will Levis now and granted he played good one game, but it's one game. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, we've beaten the Texans already this year. I know they're playing great, but I think we can beat Houston. I think seven wins is very, very doable for the Colts. I think finishing seven and 10 is very much a possibility. And I believe that now more than I did to start the year. Think about this. First year head coach, your QB one goes down. You're three and five currently, and you find a way throughout the re- the final what is it, nine games left on the, on the schedule to win four of those, to go four and five? I think that's a win for Shane Steichen. I think he would view that as a very positive step with the team. Gardner Minshew does not give you the same style of play that Anthony Richardson does, but they're able to adjust and find ways for Minshew to be successful in the Colts' offense. Now you just got to figure it out on all, like every position, or hit on all cylinders. I think if they go four and five the rest of the way, that is a win for Shane Steichen. And then he also goes into next year. I say, I think I said 500 next year, realizing in my head there's an odd number of games now. But still, if they have a winning record next year, let's say nine and eight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I could do the math in my head very quickly. But if they go seven and 10 this year, and then nine and eight the next year, and then ultimately you go 10 plus wins in year three under Shane Steichen, that is a progression that I believe is realistic, and that needs to happen for the Colts to move in the in the direction that 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 I believe they want to move in. Listen, I, seven games is conservative on my on my like I'm looking here. I think we I think we're going to beat Carolina yeah. next week. The following week, I think we beat New England. I think the Buccaneers game is a toss up. I think we could beat the Titans, especially with Will Levis starting. Bengals is a loss. I'll give the Steelers a loss. I mean, then we play Atlanta. We can beat Atlanta. And then we play 
Las Vegas, and then when you play Houston, like I'm not saying Jay by any means because I know, and we're going to talk about this position right after I make this this point. I think the Colts could sneak out maybe nine wins. Could I'm not saying they're going to, but I think they could. I think they'll probably only win seven. I think they will win in with a four and five. But if you're telling me they go into Tampa Bay, they beat Tampa Bay, they could beat uh, Atlanta as well, and maybe sneak one out against like Pittsburgh or something, I would not be a bit surprised. And I wouldn't think you're crazy for saying that. But I think one position they need to fix, Jay, and this is the position we've been talking about for a couple of years, is that corner position because our corners right now are weak. Our defense is great. Our defense is playing fantastic, Jay, but our corners are weak. Dude, it's one of those things that it's the same old song, same old dance. We're doing it once again. The Colts need to fix things at corner. They're not fixing things at corner. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, man. Like, I understand you're a pro. It's the professional football league, national football league. It's pros that are out there, the best of the best in the country, excuse me, in the world, uh, playing this sport. I don't understand what the issue is with the talent uh, evaluators in Indianapolis and those that are scouts that go out to different college games. I don't understand why in the world they're still struggling to fix this position. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, granted, you had um, Juju Brents. I know he was hurt. I know um, he's going to, I think he'll be great, but he's hurt right now. Yes. And that's your fault for not having depth at that, ultimately. I agree. I, I'm right there with you. It doesn't make any sense. Um, none at all. And it's really bad. It isn't Shane Steichen's fault. No. It's Chris Ballard's fault. Bro, at some point, you got to figure out what you're bringing in ain't working. And you got to figure out how to bring in something that's going to work. I, this isn't a Jay bashing Chris Ballard segment. I'm not trying to do that, do that on the show, Stu. But clearly, it's on him for bringing guys in consistently that can't get the job done. On top of that, Jay, you knew in the offseason your number one corner, the guy you had a lot expected a lot of and had a lot of expectations for, was dumb for the year, at yes. least because of gambling, because he was dumb. He made a dumb decision. Um, you should have at that point gone and got somebody. And at max, they went and got a couple – practice squad guys at max they went and got a couple guys to fill up depth at that position but they didn't get anybody who could actually play the position jay and ultimately like you said listen i've been i've been a chris ballard kool-aid drinker i've been drinking the kool-aid i've been talking about how great chris ballard is but you've heard me in the last couple of years we've had these conversations on this podcast yeah. jay that that kool-aid's getting a little it doesn't taste as good as it used to it, it it's not as sweet as it used to be, isn't as flavorable as it used to be. It's a little different now, Jay. And I think ultimately it's because you see decisions like this where it's like you let a guy like – I mean, you have a chance to get some corners. You let Stefan Gilmore go for whatever it was. I'm not saying Stefan by any means is a godsend, but he's better than what we got on the team right now. Right. And you let him go for – for some magic beans and a, and whatever else, you know, maybe some Skittles a little bit. I don't know, but I just, I look at it, Jay, and I say this corner position, then you let Anthony Walker walk out the door as well. And granted, we got some good linebackers. I think, you know, we're playing really, really well at that position, but 
Leonard isn't ready. Uh, he's he's not come back and been the maniac that we we know and love. So having Anthony Walker back there would help as well. Um, you know, we got some guys out there that can make those plays, but it's just ultimately I think the corner position is something we have got to next offseason, whether it's the draft, free agency. And I know I sound like a, a broken record, Jay, but this is a position you have got to fix next offseason. The passing league, man. You can't be a team in the NFL with bad corners. You can't do that. You can't be a team in the NFL with bad corners and your expectations are winning record, win your division. You can't do that, but that's where we are. The Colts over and over and over have bad guys on the outside. You mentioned Leonard at linebacker, and I wonder sometimes how his play is affecting the other players that are out there because he's playing when he was playing well past tense because they could, they could let that man go a couple years ago. I wouldn't have been mad. I, I understand his injury. Um, I was at training camp this year. My wife and I went down and went down to Westfield. And um, Leonard was out there practice, and I was surprised to see him because not trying to be mean, Stu. He's been hurt a lot over the past couple of years. He's out there, and then in one of the plays, he went down. He went down, um, down on a knee, head down. He was hurt. I said, man, he's hurt again? And this one guy's like, oh, he's all right. He'll be okay. It's what he does. He It's, it's practice. It ain't, it ain't the game. And I didn't want to go back and forth with the guy that was sitting next to me. But I'm like, no, he's always hurt. And it's not about his capability and ability as a football player. I wonder if his body is just breaking down at a younger age and he's not able to get back to the level of play that he used to be at. But he was very vocal, very exciting. The fans loved him, loved watching him play. He's not there anymore. And I wonder if his leadership is a little bit different now because of his play. The corners, maybe some of them would feed off of Leonard, his good play, his energy, things of that nature. I don't know. But his play alone, man, I got to mean to make this a Leonard segment, but that's what it turned into. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I am off the Shaq Leonard train. I was so it's to me, it's odd. Why do you let people call you? It's like Bobby Okereke as well. Like this is, I, it's just me wondering. Why would you let people go for years calling you one thing when you go by another? Darius Leonard. Oh no, go, Shaq Leonard. Okay, and Bobby O Okereke. I think that's what Pat McAfee said. That eventually he said no, it's Okereke. Why would you go for a long period of time, years, letting somebody else do that, call you something different? I My real name's Julius. I go by Jay. At some point when I get a new job, I tell people, hey, I go by Jay. I don't wait for a long period of time. I, I, hearing Julius over and over is just a little odd to me. Um, once again, I don't know where this stuff is coming from. It just popped into my head and going through the microphone. Yeah, hey, it's all good. It's all good. I, I want to end it with this, and then we'll move on to Anthony Richardson. Because uh, I was very vocal about Anthony Richardson in the uh, in the draft process in the off season, uh, so you know, we'll we'll see kind of if I've changed or not on my on my uh, Anthony Richardson take. Yeah. But I want to say this. I want to end it with this, and I I'm in the minority on this. I may be the only one. I might be the only person on this island, and that's okay because I will stand on this island and I will fight every other person that tries to tell me I'm wrong. 
I think the corner position is the second most position, second most important position on the team. Okay. People say, oh, it's it's quarterback, and then it's left guard or right guard or left tackle or right tackles. People say, oh, it's it's quarterback, then it's defensive end because you got to have a quarterback and get to a quarterback. Jay, let me tell you something. Maybe it's because I coach corner, so maybe this is why I, I believe this way. But I I believe, Jay, that if you have good defensive backs and you lock down wide receivers, you can manufacture a good pass rush. You can make a bad pass rush good, a good pass rush great, a great pass rush elite, an elite pass rush, a Hall of Fame pass rush. I fully believe that. If you take away the options the quarterback has and you make him hold on to the ball longer than he has to, you are going at some point they're going to get to the quarterback. They just are. And you can talk about pass rusher, all those types of things. You can manufacture a good pass rush. People are going to tell you you can't, Jay. You can. If you're locked down on the corners, if you're locked down at defensive backs, the Seattle Seahawks didn't have great pass rushers when they were there. They had okay pass rushers or good pass rushers who were really, really good because they had the Legion of Boom back there locking everybody down, making quarterbacks hold on to the ball longer than they wanted to. You can manufacture a good pass rush, something the Colts have struggled with. But I'm telling you, the best way to manufacture a good pass rush is locking them down in the, in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the only way, honestly, if you want to manufacture a pass rush that's too locky, but down in the secondary. And once again, to go back to a statement I made earlier in this show, Stu, it's a passing league. Also, you mentioned that Raiders Raiders game. One reason the Colts can beat the Raiders, I think it's what you, I think it's what you mentioned, right? I think you said that earlier. Yeah. Josh McDaniel just got fired, and they're playing a rookie quarterback. Aiden O'Connell, good at Purdue. Real, like I was so I was amazed at how well Robin he played. Jimmy G's, he hurt. I don't know, bro. I know, uh, I know that they uh, they're starting O'Connell now. He might be okay. So I, who knows? Who knows? But I had to get that out there. But back to the pass rush conversation in the corners. It's a passing league. Yes, a pass rush is is great and phenomenal. But if you don't have the elite pass rusher, maybe a Chase Young or a Nick Bosa, who are a former Ohio State Buckeyes who are now playing on the same team once again, it's kind of a cheat code in real life to have those two guys on the same defensive line in the NFL. You don't might you may not have those guys. You may have some other guys that are average, maybe a little above average, but need a little bit of help to get to the quarterback. Lock down those guys on the outside. One thing you know is. Any team out there, they're going to try to move the ball through the air consistently and a lot. But if you have bad corners, it's going to be a long night for you. I agree. All right, let's move on to Anthony Richardson. Then we'll get we'll talk about your Ohio State Buckeyes, as Gus Johnson likes to say, my favorite <laughs> play-by-play broadcaster outside of uh, you know Matt Taylor. But um, oh, I thought you would have said Ian Eagle over Matt Taylor. Listen, I love Ian. Ian's been on the podcast a lot. I hope he isn't listening to this. But Ian knows. But I'm a Colts fan, dude. Yeah. You know, you you're always a homer to your favorite hometown play by play guy. Matt Taylor's one of the best man. I get, I think Colts and Pacers fans are kind of spoiled to yeah. have the radio voices that they have. Matt Taylor for the Colts and then Mark Boyle for the Pacers. Uh it's really odd that I think on the radio. Some people enjoy listening to the radio broadcast over the television. I did. 
I definitely do for the Patriots. I'm not a big Quinn Buckner guy. I like Chris Denera. I just think Quinn Buckner is a little he's been there too long and some of the stuff some of the stuff he says is just a little bit odd. But no, I think indie sports fans, Colts and Pacers specifically, even for the five hundred, the radio broadcast of the five five hundred is phenomenal every year. I think we get a little bit spoiled with the radio voices we have for our local sports. Listen, I, I feel the same way you feel about Quinn Bucker about Rick Venturi. I can't Oh can't, man. I can't do it. Oh dude. man. I can't give do me, it. Give me Jim Sorgi back. Give I, me I, um, Joe Wright. I don't want to go I don't want to go down this train because I have Greg on here a lot. I have uh, Matt Taylor on here. I don't want to I don't want to crap on the uh on their partners, but I'm not I'm not a fan. Not a huge fan. I think Gus is the best in the biz and obviously I think uh I think very very highly and I think uh Ian Eagles right up there. I love you Ian. You know that. You're the man. Uh, but back, back to, back to, uh, the Colts, Jay draft season. I was very vocal about my thoughts on a guy like Anthony Richardson. You were, and I didn't think it would work. I'm not saying I'm, I'm changing my mind because it's, we've only had a six game sample size. We'll say what I have said so far and what he's played is true, Jay. Uh, if you go look at the stats, he has completed 59% of his passes. To this day, Jay, my stance on the only guy who completed 50-something percent of his passes in college to turn around and complete higher than 65 has been Josh Allen. Still remains true because the guy has not completed more than 59% of his passes. Talking about Anthony Richardson. Show flashes. I think the run abilities there. I felt like if there was a guy who was going to do it, it was Shane Steichen. I said that multiple times. I said that a hundred times. He showed the ability. I think he showed some flashes. I wish we could have seen more of him. I'm not saying I'm all in on the Anthony Richardson train. I'm a little closer to the front than I was. I actually, I've, I've at least boarded the train. I've given the guy my ticket. I'm at least on it, but I'm not saying necessarily that I'm driving the train or I'm at the front. I'm at the back, dude, waiting for the next stop to potentially come off because I, I have I have questions. The guy's shown the ability to be an elite quarterback, but I think there's still a lot of question marks there with AR, despite the fact that he has played very, very well this year. You're a braver man than I am. I can't even get on the train right now, man. It's not a big enough sample size. I was not a fan of him coming into the NFL. This just a college analyst and fan in me. I would have suggested that he stay in school one more year, get some more college reps under his belt, perfect his craft at the college level. I understand that, hey, the money is out there. There's money there in college. There's money there in the NFL. The one big advantage to the NFL versus college, you're not going to class anymore. You're an adult. You're a pro. You make your own schedule outside of the structure of what the organization organization you play for has already structured for you. So I understand that. And I'm not on the train yet. I don't believe I have seen we have seen a big enough sample size to get my attention for Anthony Richardson to say, hey, I believe in him as QB one for the Colts. That 59.5% completion percentage is not good enough for me. But also. He's in year one, the first few games of him being a starter playing in the NFL. 
So maybe that was what I should have expected, which it was. Run a little bit. He can run. He's a big body. He moves pretty well. Actually, excuse me, exceptionally well for the body and the frame that he has. But still, I cannot get on that on that train yet. I need to see him throw the ball more consistently. I just ha- I need to see more games. That's just how my eyeballs are. That's how my brain works. Now, the Colts fan in me, yeah, buddy, I'm on the train. As a, If I were just a Colts fan, I'm on that train. I'm in the back with you, but I'm still on the train. But the analyst in me can't get on there yet. I, I can't do it. I need to see more. I said going into the season, I said this to Greg Gregstraw, I do believe, um, when he was on my pod. I said, hey, I said, I think Minshew needs to start. Maybe it was you, one of the two. Minshew should have started week one, and then eventually in the middle of the season, you bring in Anthony Richardson. I understand why QB1, if he's healthy, would be number five, Anthony Richardson. Still don't believe in that, and I don't believe that at all. I think it needs to be Minshew, should have been Minshew, just because I just don't think Richardson's ready for week after week after week playing in the NFL. I think the, I think the record would have been the same if he was healthy. Like it's unfortunate that he's out for the year. Um, after only playing a few games during his rookie season, just can't get on the can't get on the train yet, man. I cannot do it. I want to as a fan. As, I as a fan, I am. I will say that as an analyst, I'm where you're at. I, I'll yeah. I like what you said. And I agree. As a Colts fan, I'm like I'm on the train, at least in the back. But as an analyst, I'm not there yet. I will say this: couple things have looked out in my way so far. Hey, man. Your your Ohio State Buckeye. <laughs> I said he was the best quarterback in his draft class. Everyone tried yeah. to tell me it was Bryce Young. Everyone tried to tell me it was Anthony Richardson. Everyone tried to tell me it was Will Levis. And I stayed pat, dude. I took the bullets. I took the shots, dude. But guess what? CJ Stroud, best quarterback, best rookie quarterback in this draft class. He's been the best rookie quarterback so far this year. He's on a record-setting pace for a rookie quarterback in the way yeah. that he's done. Guy's pretty solid, pretty solid. Uh, but I want to say this about Anthony Richardson. He didn't make my top 32 last year. I think he does this year. I don't know. I don't really look – I don't dive into the tape of these NFL quarterbacks until after the draft because around this time I start to start digging into the college guys – Start doing the draft rankings. I start doing all this type of stuff. That's what I care about from now till about April. That's where my my process is going to be is this NFL draft and digging in on these quarterbacks. I don't know. I'll have to look at the film and be for sure. But he's probably going to be in the top 32 this year. But that doesn't mean – just because you're 32 doesn't mean you're a franchise guy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just saying, just because you're 31 or you're 30 or you're 29 doesn't mean you're a franchise guy. It it means you're good enough to start in this league, but it doesn't mean you're good enough to be the guy for the next decade or or 15 years. And this kind of off is me crapping on Anthony Richardson. I loved what I saw out of him, but I'm with you. The sample size just hasn't been big enough. That's it. It's just a sample size. Now, if we had a hopeful season, of Anthony Richardson as QB1 for the Colts. And I have to see a lot more of him. Let's just say he, he played 10 of 17 games. Let's say he didn't play all 17. He played 10 of 17, 10 of 17 games. That's a bigger sample size there that we'd be able to say, hmm, can he throw the ball? Because to me, that was the biggest question mark. Well, one of the biggest question marks I had about him 
Me too. Can he throw? Can he throw it? If can he throw it? Can he throw it consistently? Is he accurate? Those are things that I questioned and wondered about him. And those are still questions I have about him right now. I know he can sling it. I know he has a cannon. Accuracy, pinpoint accuracy, putting the ball where it needs to be. As CJ Stroud calls himself a ball placement specialist. That's what Stroud is. I don't think Richardson is anywhere close to that right now. Does he get closer to being able to put the ball on the money on the spot every single time next season? We got to wait to see what happens when he steps on the field in 2024. All right, let's move to college football. Your Ohio State Buckeyes are number one team in the country, according to the coaches' poll or whatever poll it was. Jay, my college football rankings come out tomorrow. By the time we hear this, they may be out. By the time everyone's listening to this, Jay. I'm telling you right now, they're not number one in my rankings. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think Ohio State's the best team in the country. I think, I, I got them at five. I got them at five. I think they lose to the other four teams I have above them. And I think the other four teams are just the better teams in the country. Now, I think they've, they're better than I initially gave them credit for. And they're better than I initially thought. And that defense is for real. But at the end of the day, Jay, it's college football. And the trend that we've seen with college football is the team that has the better quarterback is going to win. And I'm, I'm not sold on McCord. I'm not sold on Ryan Day at this point. I I just – I look at it, dude, and I think when at the end of the year when they play Michigan, they're probably going to get boat raced. And it's not – it's no one's fault except for the fact that they just don't have C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields or J.T. Barrett or – Cardell Jones back there playing quarterback for him. That's the issue, in my opinion. Before I respond to your comments about Ohio State not being the number one team in the country, first I'll say about that, we agree. I don't think they're number one either. They were in the poll, but I I don't think that, they're not number one in my poll either. I want to guess the top four teams that you said Ohio State's five. I'm not, I don't really care about the order. I want to guess who you think is higher than Ohio State right now in your poll. Is Georgia one of the teams? Yes. I think Michigan's one of the teams. Yes. I think Florida State's one of the teams. No. Washington? Yes. Who's the other one? I think right now, Yeah, I, tr- I truly think Oregon's a better football team. So that's the other one that I'm kind of tinkering with myself. Um, I think I probably have Ohio State. I'm tinkering with two and three. Michigan's I think Florida, above State, the- I think Florida State's six. I, don't, I, don't, okay. I haven't bought in on Florida State either. I'm going to be honest okay. with you. For me, it's Ohio State 2, Ohio State 3. The Washington Washington and Oregon thing are re- is really, really tricky because that conference of Pac-12 is really good this year, and those teams are playing really good ball. It came down to a field goal late in the game. I think it was a missed field goal to win the game. I mean, a missed field goal yeah. that, that, that gave Washington the win. And so, no, I, I'm. it was a CFP, College Football Playoff Committee, they put released their rankings on Tuesday evening, and, bro, literally, I forgot about it. I forgot it was coming on TV. I'm sitting down on the couch with my wife, and then she puts on a, on ESPN because I, I love sports. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, let's – I think it was on ESPN2 or something like that. I was like, oh, let's go to ESPN really quickly. The rankings came on, and I'm just sitting there super, super calm because I'm not expecting the committee to put Ohio State number one just based off their resume because my our eyeballs tell us the same thing. 
They're not the number one team in the country. McCord is a quarterback that is struggling this year. Offensively, Ohio State is struggling numerous games this year. They're number one. Like, I'm I'm shocked. I was shook a little bit. Did a reaction pod for Locked on Buckeyes, released that thing, and I was like, look, I didn't think they were. I don't think a lot of Ohio State fans th- thought they were. A lot of Ohio State fans think, just like us, they're not the number one team in the country. And ultimately, if it wasn't for that defense, I don't think they're going to get blown out by Michigan. But I do think Michigan right now, if they play tomorrow, Michigan would win the game. The only reason that Ohio State has a chance to beat Michigan is because of that defense. If you make that – And Harbaugh would probably be suspended by that point. Well, that's a good point. I mean – or the game could be forfeited. One of the two. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about a team that stole signs and somehow had a uh, a low level low level staffer on the on a on another team's sideline. Like, how do you do this? Where he's does this to, happen? This guy's trying to he had MFS <laughs> of how he's going to be taking over Michigan in five years. <laughs> not Are we? Is this the mob this versus off? Michigan? Right. Goodness gracious! Well, they got the M, so it may be the mob. Um, but no, man, Ohio State being number one is great. It's a huge, huge honor, a badge of a, a badge that you wear proudly. We are number one. The problem is, Stu, they got to fix some stuff quickly if they want to sustain that number one ranking. They got Rutgers this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State at home the following week. That should be a blowout. The Spartans are trash. Then you got Minnesota at home, and you go to Ann Arbor for the game Thanksgiving weekend. They have to get better no matter what who they're playing. They have to get, get better to sustain the number one spot. They also got to figure something out because <laughs> Michigan's a different animal. If they play like they have over the past few weeks against Michigan, they'll lose by 10-plus points. If they I... have the best offensive game of their season, they could win by four. I understand it's football, and four is not a normal number, but realistically, that could happen. I agree. I think 10 is more than like – I think they lose, and I, I do think it's a buy by 10, in my opinion. But I look at it, Jay, and I think, first of all, Michael Penix is playing out of this world. If they had to out play of his Michael, mind, man. If they had to play Michael Penix, I don't think they would, they would do very well. And I think if they had to play Bo Nix, I don't think they'd do very well. I don't think they're going to do very well versus Michigan. I don't think they're going to do very well versus Georgia. The only thing they got going for them is that defense, and and that's good to have. I I just I, I question Jay. Here's the thing: your two consecutive plays of Notre Dame having ten guys on the field from losing that football game, like I mean, and we've we've seen what Notre Dame is now. I'm just saying they're not the team that everybody thought they were. Right. They're right. not the team I thought they were. I thought Sam Hartman was just going to go in there, light the world on fire, and you guys were going to have no shot of keeping up offensively what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. You, Ohio State was two consecutive plays, Jay, of 10 guys on the field from losing that football game. Yep. And they got lucky that Marcus Freeman didn't catch the fact that they had 10 guys on the field, and they won the game and wins the win, luck or not. It's a win. But the point remains, Jay, that's still – I mean, they they kept it close of Indiana. A, a, a terrible Indiana team was at one point within striking distance of Ohio State. Now they eventually pulled away. 
as did Michigan. I know Michigan was there too. I, if that's a rebuttal, I know I understand that. But what I'm getting at is, it. I think it was longer in the game for Ohio State than it was Michigan. The Indiana was within striking distance, and it was like, dude, they this is not a good team, but they may pull this out somehow, some way. I got real concerns. They're number five for me. I, I'm confident in telling you this because my rankings haven't come out yet. By the time this yeah. podcast does, they are out. They're number five, Jay, behind Georgia one, Michigan two. I got Washington at three, Oregon at four, and Ohio State sitting right there at five. The Penn State win is what bumped them up from seven, in my opinion, because I think they, they have shown a little bit more that defense is for real. I want to... I got real questions. The the game on Thanksgiving weekend for me will will be the deciding factor as to whether I think this team is for real or not. Dude, so here's a weird thing about that game. It might not be played. Because I think the Big Ten's in a weird, tricky spot. The longer they wait for the NCAA to make a decision or uh, hand out a punishment, they could realistically have a, a, a team playing – in the Big Ten Championship game that should not be playing in the game or could be playing game 11, game 12, game 12 being the game against Ohio State that shouldn't be there. And so the Big Ten needs to, I do believe, use all the evidence that's out there that's been put on Front Street. We see some on X. There's also other evidence that we don't see that has not been made public. The Big Ten needs to make a decision because if I'm the committee and I am trying to figure out my four or my five um, or my six to six for whatever weekend, whatever Tuesday evening, it's really hard for me to realize, say, hey, like, well, Michigan's our number, let's see, three team now. But if they're not bowl eligible, we're going to take them out of the out of the ranking because it's going to jack up the playoff at the end of the season. I think the Big Ten can make a big statement with the punishment and say, Harbaugh can't coach anymore. You're vacating wins and you're done for the season, at least this season. Maybe they don't want to go long-term and say Harbaugh can't coach anymore because there's more evidence coming out. I understand that. But at least for this season, I believe the Big Ten and the NCAA can figure out something in regards to how they want to handle the season that we're currently in. Because even then, Stu, at that point, I don't know if my poll – that I put out, that I do weekly, I don't know if I would take Michigan out or put them in. That's a that's a conversation for the committee to say, well, Michigan is now not no longer eligible for a bowl at the end of the season. We might as well take them out because we realize our top four are our playoff teams at the end of the year. A weird thought that I just had about Michigan and the sign stealing, it's one of the oddest things I've heard in sports, but also – it makes polls like this one that are that really set up the playoff at the end of the season really tricky because now Michigan's in. Michigan can remain the number three team the rest of the season, but at the last minute they could be said, "Oh, you can you can, you're not eligible for a bowl," and things just move up that way. Um, yeah, it's easy to do that, but I think the Big Ten or the NCAA need to do something about this current season before making a big statement about what the overall punishment is for the Wolverines. I agree. I agree, Jay. All right, man. Hey, we've had some great conversations. You let me sit there and 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 tear your team apart, and you didn't come at come at me. So no, I'm, I'm very, very, 
very proud of you because you know i feel like some ohio state fans would probably tear me apart but uh yeah hey big thank you for coming on jay i love having you on like i said you're the second most you got the second most appearances behind jeff hunt so i'm anytime dude i love having you on you're the best um before you go let people know where they can find you what you're working on and all that good jazz Stu, I really appreciate it. They love coming on the pod. Uh, every Monday through Friday, Locked on Buckeyes on the YouTube at, at youtube.com slash Locked on Buckeyes. Then also on Apple and Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your fine podcast, you can find Locked on Buckeyes there. We do live post-game shows at the conclusion of Ohio State's game that Saturday afternoon or evening. There's cut one coming. It's coming Saturday afternoon after the Buckeyes face the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Follow the J. Stevens podcast an audio-only show on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It took a long, long break. So it's something I, I've never done, but it was needed. I am back, and we're, the show is coming back, coming at you once a week. And then this Friday, Stu, covering my first sectional championship game, the Kokomo Wildcats are going to Mississinawa to play the Indians. Mississinawa is undefeated. Kokomo is 8-2. No. Eight and two, not nine and two, nine and two. Played 11 games and uh, battle it out, man. Sexual championship games going to be cold outside. I've never been to this school and I'm excited to see this game this coming Friday, Friday night. I hope there are two schools in the county that I cover um, that are playing in sexual championship games. I really hope both of them win. It gives me an excuse to go back and see the Excuse me, the, the other school, Eastern, the Comets. It's a, it's a 2A school, small school, but, man, they're really good. I'm excited to cover football, and I'm excited to be on the pod once again. Man, I really enjoyed this time with you. Yeah, me too, man. Hey, as a football coach, the, the middle school I coach for, or uh, the high schools in the sectional championship as well, dude. Oh, nice. We play a, play a tough team, tough team. It's Friday, so I'm excited. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I've been singing Man. Christmas carols all year. I've been singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. My wife's like, dude, you're a little crazy. I'm like, nah, dude. It's the, I said, nah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. We got college football, high school football, middle school football, peewee football, pro football. Man, the only thing we're missing is, heck, you even got Canadian football if you want that. So all kinds of stuff, dude. Hey, big thank you, Jay. Uh, once again, I appreciate it, man. I love having you on the pod. I'm sure you'll be back on sometime real soon. We'll be talking more college football. We'll talk more Ohio State, more Indianapolis Colts. Uh, maybe, Jay, maybe we'll just scrap all of that, Jay, and we'll just talk some of our favorite broadcasters because both of us do that. Both <laughs> of us interview broadcasters. I'm here for it. Around the same time of year because it's the most perfect time to do it. Um Maybe we'll just talk favorite broadcasters, Jay, and we'll talk about what we like, you know, because that's what we do, man. But, uh, hey, a big thank you for coming back on. I enjoyed it, dude. It's always fun with you. And have a good have a good day, Jay. Good night. And for the rest of you, have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is, you have a good one. I will see you next week.